0: And welcome in to the Empire Dynasty League podcast. We are coming at you on a Friday. And I would normally at this point throw to the great man who's always been here on every single pod, but he is not joining us tonight, so I'll throw to the even greater man. Brody. how are you, man?
1: Very good, Benny. And it's unfortunate you can no longer say the man that always joins you on this great podcast. Uh, Keeney, not with us today. What's going on there? No, uh,
0: unfortunately he's had to focus his attention on what I would consider a less serious draft in this world and that is the uh, AFL draft with his actual job. So he's had to put aside the old fantasy world for just the time being and focus in on that. So that's uh, probably the busiest time of the year for him right now.
1: Oh, well, that's, that's uh, encouraging. I thought he still had a very serious case of gastro like last week, um, <laughs> but it's good that he's recovered enough to attend the second most important draft going around.
0: I like that you're uh, continuing with that narrative because Matty Mac genuinely sent a message of concern to Keeney last week checking how his gastro was. (laughs) Of
1: course he did. (laughs) Oh,
0: shit. It's the
1: the only bout of gastro that he's ever had to go get a test for. That's for sure.
0: (laughs) So, yeah. No, last week was uh, playing it safe this week. He is busy with the old work, but he'll be back and kicking next week and I'm sure he'll have plenty to talk about. But let's move on to some news and... uh, Maybe point out if your ears pick up on something new here, Hod.
1: Every newsman in this city's laughing at us. And I don't like it. It's a same, same but different drop there. What's going on?
0: Just a bit of extra Yaz flute, I thought, was needed in that drop. So I uh, may have rejuvenated some of the drops there just to keep things fresh without old Keno's voice. Um, That's...
1: That's something you do well. You you continue to surprise us on here. You throw little uh, tidbits in when we're not expecting them.
0: That's it. So uh, yeah, keep your ears peeled, everyone. You might uh, pick up on some more. But we'll move on with uh, probably the biggest bit of league news. We have, we didn't have any trades go down, but we we did have a massive piece of news in the regards to the EDL league, and that is this eliminator comp that we started way back at the beginning of this season and didn't know how it would play out. We didn't know how many weeks it would go for, whether we would have an actual clear winner on the uh, in a final week or whether we would run through the whole teams and have to figure out some sort of way of figuring out the last part. But luckily, things worked out perfectly for us. We got to week 11 and we were crowned a champion, so I think it would be fitting to play our champ of the Eliminator pool a song here. Never-
1: Keep you down. The best
0: and if there wasn't something to pick up the spirits of old Zen Papa, it's got to be getting a win in the Eliminator pool in the fashion that he did. Were you watching this one closely, Hod?
1: Of course I bloody was because I've, I've gifted him this $100. I was talking to him the other day. He's bet against me every week bar one in the 11 weeks and of course I've fallen short by the smallest of margins. You and sure. Have. He uh, he got over the line. But is what that- I will add to this is I did receive some uh comms from the DFF who was receiving some not-so-zen messages from Papa about <laughs> his roster decisions that may have ended up costing him the $100. So, just some more cracks appearing.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of zen on the surface is what I'm picking up on. A lot of people are filling yes. us in there. But uh, is that true? He actually just picked against you every single week except for that one yeah. week?
1: Yeah, I think the one week, yeah. So, I, I believe I am up for a few beers tomorrow. At the guineas, I mean the the giddy-ups, the horsies. Uh, Yeah, because the dingers have paid him basically the full 100.
0: That's very, very well played. I did look at it. So Matty Mack picking the Demons there who went down to the Stallions and that's how he fell short. But it really didn't matter with the two teams that both of these guys had left. It didn't matter which one they picked because both of Papa's options in the DFF and Stallions got up and both of Matt's options in the Demons and the Executioner's uh, lost So really, it was Pappas to win this week and he just picked the one that made it probably an extra little bit more nerve-wracking for him. But well played to him. Um, well played to Matty Mack as well. Getting 10 right on the trot is no easy feat. Uh, and really what the message is, both of these blokes just didn't fall into the trap of picking the executioners. I think that was probably the theme of this year when it came to the eliminator pool. But we'll move on now to our reviews.
1: Move forward amicably.
0: First of all, you're throwing too many big words at me. Okay, now, because I don't understand them, I'm going to take them as disrespect. Watch your mouth. All right, and our weekly reviews will kick off with the Jim City Stallions. This is the game we were referring to in the Eliminator Pool. Jim City Stallions scoring a 133.58, and they took down the San Diego Demons. And uh, we did say that we weren't joined by the great man, but he had... Uh, I'm pretty sure even while he's not here, he's got a thought on this. What do you think about that choke job from Camo there, Keeney? Oh, boy. <laughs> he was not impressed <laughs> with Camo. Mate, He we, we played this out last week. It was really a situation where Camo wins and he secured a spot in the playoffs. And if he loses, it just keeps the door open for Jim. And we thought he had a uh, sleepless night going up against the DFF. I'm sure he had many sleepless nights going up against Jim and it's, Backfired on old Camo here. So, uh, yeah, Jim putting up a very decent 133. And <clears throat> Jim's QBs really showed up, I think, in this one. It was massive in this showdown. So, they accounted for, I've gone and done some quick calcs. And 48% of Jim's total score came from his two QBs. So, I think when that's happening, you're, you're doing all right. And Uh, that was Jalen Hurts with a 30 and Rodgers with a 33. So the rest of his team was a bit Mm. of a roller coaster though, you know, some single scores, but then also some double digits from people like Crowder, Keenan Allen, Um, Gronkowski came back from injury, was actually pretty decent, looks to be uh, pretty healthy after that stint I think it was about three or four weeks off so there's some good signs for Jim and he's going to want to have them because I think the proposition is and we might get to this a bit later but he needs to win every game I think from here out and he needs to come out to lose every game
1: well you know I've talked about my barometer who I've sadly lost for the year in the swag um, but it seems Gronk could be Jim's when he's in he wins um, he got him back in timely fashion with Higby on buy and just slots in for a very nice 13 in that tight end slot. So who knows? He might be the barometer for the stallions to make a late charge. Absolutely. And that's a 13 without
0: a touchdown, which is uh, very nice for that tight end position, isn't it? So he's getting mm. plenty of work from Brady who clearly loves him as a target, but another one for Jim, um, well, Jacobs, I mean, he's he's mentioned how frustrated he is with his output this year. It was another poor performance, nine carries for 37 yards. He did have um, seven targets, though, which is always a positive sign for a running back. But, yeah, just not getting much going last week in the run game there. Jalen Hurts, that's got to be the story or the bright spot for Jim this season. He is currently number one QB on the season. That's before any of today's games, so at the end of last week. Um, Mm. Yeah, and he's on pace for I worked this out as well. About 4,500 total yards, 20 passing TDs, 12 rushing TDs, and only seven picks if you extrapolate uh, Hurts' stats there. So that is a decent season from a bloke who we didn't really know what he was going to be in that offense, and he's sort of – you know, in real life had lots of question marks around him, but they're starting to look pretty decent, the Eagles.
1: Well, it's a pleasant surprise. I actually wasn't aware of that because Mahomes was um, QB1 going into last week and Hertz has obviously jumped him. It would be really encouraging for Jim if the Eagles do hold on to him and commit to him because that would be a nice um, corner piece for the Stallions there to build around a young up-and-coming quarterback that the Eagles commit to financially um so that remains the question but very promising for sure
0: yeah and that's it and for fantasy he has been an absolute gun to have like you go through his scores he hasn't his lowest score has been 11 but outside of that it's sort of in your high teens low 20s and then he's thrown in the occasional sort of 30 here and there and that's what you want from your quarterback just he doesn't shit the bed but uh he's just putting up decent stat lines every week
1: well the last thing i'll add on that is um that's in a win too. Mm. So, when, you know, game script can sometimes hurt the quarterback with running backs, um, primarily running the ball with a lead, but that was a 40 to 29. Nice win for the Eagles and he still put up the 30. So, he was the key player in in all of that. So, that's, that's quite encouraging too.
0: Yeah, and I think the fact that the Eagles are looking better with him at QB now. Like, at the start of the year, he was putting up decent fantasy numbers, but they still weren't looking great in real life. But...
1: Yeah. Well, the NFC East division's up for grabs after today. Sure uh, is. they coming, the Eagles.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So. And in a good spot to do so. But let us uh, we'll just quickly jump over to Camo's side here. So he'd have to be disappointed, as we said, he the proposition, just win and you're in. He's now got to sort of play this out for the next three weeks. But uh, when you look at his last month, you actually can't be too surprised. He's put up scores of 114, 97, 104. Uh, and then a 105. So he got wins through those scores in weeks eight to 10. So I think scoring 105 isn't good enough, uh, especially when mm-hmm. the prospect is you need to win to get in. So you know, for him, another one, Troutman put up his best game of the season, uh, but unfortunately got injured as well and is now out. I think he's on IR, but short term with a sprained MCL. So hopefully he can make it back and be competitive for Camo. But um, yeah, the battle is going to continue for these two and like I said, Jim needs to win out. Camo needs to lose out for this to change. So it's definitely in Camo's hands. But Jim will—he uh, won't go down without a fight.
1: Mm. It's a nice, uh, nice to keep the division alive. Uh, we don't often get too much attention, the Sunny Weavers. So this might be a nice uh, end to the campaign with a few head-to-heads coming up.
0: Well, you know, as much as we knock your division, you're still every chance for the second seed, and that's the other thing to keep in mind because. Um, you know, if if I lose this week and let's say Camo wins, he's only one game behind me with 2 weeks to go. So every chance to take out that second seed. So staggering. Yeah, exactly right. Who would have thought, eh? But uh we'll move on now to the Park City Lions 130.8 defeating the Bayside Executioners 115.5. Um yeah, look, if anything Scoot's been consistent this year. If you actually go through and look at his scoring, he hasn't lit the world on fire like he did last year, but his lowest score has been 95 and his highest is 129 with an average of 110. So he's just been pretty even across the board this year. Um, you know, and they're sort of dangerous teams to come up against because if your team fluctuates in scoring and you're coming up a team that it's at, is at least going to put up 110-ish, uh, they're always going to be a bit of a danger game. So, yeah, Simeon had some nice junk time. I think he ended up with uh, 200 yards and three touchdowns in that game, so uh, he wasn't looking great at the start of that game, but he came through there with a nice um, stat line, and yeah, he managed to outscore Lamar, Mahomes, and Lawrence combined, if you looked at it that way last week, so who would have thought Trevor Simeon could do that? Now, yes, Lamar was a laid out, which, um, <laughs> like I've got here, you know, waking up at 5.15 on a Monday now can prove to be a crucial, because... Had every intention of getting up at about 10 to 5 just to check that Lamar news when I went to bed and must have in my sleep, hit snooze and woke up and went, fucking hell, he's out. <laughs> so I had to sit there with that zero on my QB spot, which is not a fun position to be in. But, um, yeah, luckily it didn't impact on me because the rest of my players stepped up. Um, well, it's
1: also not a fun position when you own the opponent's number one pick, And you go and do stupid decisions like that, Ben. i got to admit, I wasn't happy when I woke up at, let's just say, 8.30 for the old. Well,
0: if you you want to uh, be there to wake me up to make sure I don't sleep in on decisions like that, feel free, mate. It wasn't intentional. (laughs) Jeez. But, uh, yeah, look. Yeah, as I said, didn't impact on the result and all the other players stepped up. I did start three 49ers this week, uh, which I was a little bit nervous about how that would go because starting, I guess, three players from any team usually isn't uh, a great prospect. But yeah, all three got a tutty, which was pretty rare. Um, that's
1: That's exactly what you want.
0: And Ayuk, I mean, talk about a bloke who's had a rollercoaster season, seven targets, seven catches for 85 yards and a touchdown. That is what you want to see from that bloke who looked like he was going to step into this season, you know, with those sort of stat lines, but it hasn't been the case up until last week.
1: It's actually staggering that you've pulled that off because Debo has been arguably the best receiver on the year and just for that game, Two targets, one catch for 15 yards, but then pops up for eight carries, 79 yards, and a touchdown. So he basically converted to a to running, a running back. back for your for your yeah. game with two other receivers. So it's, it's
0: ridiculous, well played
1: by you. He, uh, yeah,
0: and that's how I I knew that would happen when I started. those <laughs>
1: <three. laughs> Right,
0: DFF. Yeah, but I watched him last week and he's getting shitloads of carries. So they they're just doing weird shit. Uh, in that Shanahan offense, but I'll take it. Disappointing on my side, Michael Carter, high ankle sprain. He's looked good this year. So I think he's going to be out for at least uh, a month, at least you'd think with that. And yeah, Mahomes back down to earth. Um, But that game was a bit of a weird one. I think it was pegged to be a massive shootout and Mahomes put up a 7.5 and I reckon Dak put up a... even worse than that off the top of my head. Can you remember... What it was?
1: Um, I'll quickly get it while you keep going.
0: Yeah. So, um, yeah, but luckily Chubb, you know, he looked all right and came through with a decent 20 there. But some talking points uh, just for both teams. I think Goloday, he's got to be just so frustrating for Scoot there because he got the big contract at the Giants. I mean, as a Giants fan, it's mm. frustrating as hell to watch. Um, yeah. and
1: Yeah, I, I caught a bit of that game and... He, he looks like he doesn't give a shit. He, he doesn't block for mm. um, his wide receivers. There was a catch on the sideline where he doesn't even try to get his feet in. He's just frustrated. Um, it's not what you want when you get a big contract for sure. You've got to set the example for these younger guys.
0: You wonder if um, the Jason Garrett firing might have a positive impact? I don't know. It's hard to know what the the root cause of it is, whether it's Daniel Jones just not being good enough and that's causing the frustration or whether it was the Jason Garrett Uh, lack of innovative offense could have been, but, yeah, who knows? Well,
1: I mean, he he never changes up his clap. Like, talk about innovation. It's the same (laughs) thing constantly. Like, would would you appreciate getting clapped at the whole time, whether you've just shit the bed or you've done the the best play of the year? Like, it's the same shit.
0: 75-yard rush where you break eight tackles or a loss of three and it's still the same old. Like, yeah, good job,
1: guys. It yeah. can only it can only mean better things for the Giants, I'm sure. Bloody
0: hope so. It was yeah, not not fun to watch. And like we, uh, I was chatting with someone the other day, but to have someone like Kadarius Tony, who you you draft as this gadget sort of Swiss Army knife type player, and then not seemingly have any plays drawn up for him, like what the fuck are you doing as an offensive coordinator?
1: It's very very vanilla. But yeah. um, speaking of people who want the G Man to improve. The Pappas Punishers um, will move on to this game, and it was called Punish a Week. The Grouse had their eyes on him from from the get-go, and but boy, oh boy, did they deliver. Uh, we had the Grouse with a world record 218.1, defeating Pappas Punishers. This isn't all too familiar. That 80s show, 86.66, th- and he owns a bit of our giant stock there, hence why I'm saying he would love to see um a bit of an improvement in that offense. I
0: think I can still hear the game going on, hold on. <laughs>
1: Stop, he's already dead.
0: That was. <laughs> Jesus, talk about Keeney's goal last week was to break Papazen. Zen and if uh, beating someone by 131 points doesn't do it, I don't know what will. That is ridiculous.
1: Well, we've talked about it at length. He is a very motivated man, Keeney, and uh, I will get to that in a second, but the first point of call has to be Jonathan MVP Taylor yeah, because this bloke is a special talent, uh, 200 yards and five touchdowns against the Bills. It's the sixth biggest fantasy game of all time with 51.9 points. And the Colts are on uh, at the moment in the first in season hard knocks. So this episode coming up might be worth a tune in. Uh, I'm sure Keeney's already saved it and watched it and roster baited or however he likes to call it, <laughs> um, over this a few, few times already, but he is absolutely, um, yeah, it, it's, it's a pleasure to watch him, uh, as a fan of the Colts. And, um, I'm sure Keeney loves having him in that, uh, side for a long time to come, but, uh, one thing that did come Kenny's way was a nice little podcast point. Our uh, one of the show's favourites, Camo, he uh, had some stats for uh, Kenny. Do you want to read them out, Ben?
0: Yep, I forgot to uh, have that one teed up here. It was that JT and Austin Eckler combined for almost ten percent of the Dingers' total score for the season. So they combined for ninety point four points last week. So that is staggering.
1: Staggering, yeah. I uh, I forgot that that was actually about shaming the dingus, so I shouldn't have even brought that up. Anyway, we'll move. We'll so I move think, on. I um, think
0: ten percent of your score is of total score in the season is ninety nine. So yeah, just in last yeah. week alone, he's gone. That's some spare time on your hands, there,
1: Camo. Well done. Well played. Yeah, no, no. The most utmost respect for Camo. That's that's what we have at the dingers. So the the Keene, Keene had a lot to say last week in what was called Punishers Week. And uh, he did deliver on that. The world record weekly score, as we said, 218 points can't be understated. What a reply from their worst week last week, dishing up almost double the score from the 114, I think you put up a week ago, uh, which says to me, this is a little flex to the rest of the competition as to what this squad can do. And the leader of the Grouse took last week's loss in his stride. He was no panic. There was no panic there. He just took it. Um, and used it as motivation to get the troops back on track for this title chase. Um, So a great answer there by the squad. Uh, But there is a bigger talking point here. And this is the third week in a row. The punishers have dished up an episode from that 80s show and questions are starting to arise. Do the punishers blow it all up here or do they stick with a little playoff push, which looks to be disappearing each week that goes by? Where would you uh, stand in this uh, as your, as the punishers number one ticket holder there, Ben?
0: Yeah, it's hard to it's hard to support uh it's hard to support Pepper at the moment where, you know, I felt like at the start of the season people were being a bit harsh on him and, you know, he was putting up decent scores, but when he's dishing out these 80s and 80s and 80s and I know that injuries can come into it as an excuse, but there is a certain point where at dynasty you've got to have depth to overcome these injuries. So Look, I, I don't think he can do an awful lot of talking at the moment with what his team's doing. He had a very good start to the season, but um, you know, maybe at the start of the year that was probably his absolute peak, and we're seeing probably a true form of his lineup at the moment.
1: Yeah, I mean, you can't understate it. Look, I love giving him shit, but he has copped a, a pretty wretched run recently, um, not getting his full squad on the park. But this is a real line in the sand moment for the organization, um, which way he goes, because it's, it's really not a healthy time to unload, because the top teams are pretty set and they don't have the assets to throw around as much as they once did. So,
0: when is um,
1: it, just out of interest, when is a healthy time to
0: unload, Hod? Have you got any. Um, <laughs>
1: Well, uh, we'll move on to the dingers here, and uh, pretty topical there. The the DFF. Oh, just before uh, we do,
0: sorry. I um I was just having a quick look at the startup draft. So you know we we haven't heard for a while, but Steph used to uh, talk about how uh, Clyde just fell to him in that second round. So Keeney's gone and picked up uh, JT at the top of the second. I think it was the fifth pick and. I actually picked Chubb up the pick before him. So talk about a sliding doors moment for two teams um, there. So,
1: yeah. The pick pick before JT.
0: Yeah, I took Chubb. So I I dropped back from the 201. Uh, Tim moved up and got Kyler Murray. I dropped back a few spots and then took uh, Nick Chubb where I could have taken JT and Keeney swooped him up the next pick.
1: Well, I mean, hindsight's a funny thing, but, I mean, that's not the worst comparison, let's be honest. I think Chubb's going to be just fine. Um, Yeah. And it's very fun having Chubb on your dynasty team where you can throw puns around left, right, and center. Uh, but we will. We'll, uh, we'll move on to the this barnstormer. It was the DFF prevailing with a 90.78, uh, getting over the dingers with a 90.14. This is another decimal loss for the dingers on the season. It's not fun, uh, and I'll get to that a bit more. But we'll start with a positive. Other than the stellar return of Cam... And the ever-reliable Uh the Dingers were horrendous. Let's not uh, dilly-dally about it. Uh, another week losing by the smallest of margins, though. The only silver lining is it was another week the Dingers would have rolled the punishers. I'll just throw that one in there. That's two in a row. And uh, in the slimmest of losses, you always look at what roster decisions you could have done. I think that's fair to say for mm-hmm. everyone. And, and luckily, there wasn't many that would have changed the result. I was never considering the only bloke. It's quite funny. If you look through my abysmal bench, the only bloke that would have changed the result is Flex Burkhead, but I did not really consider playing him at any stage, but who I did um, look at was the newly acquired Ryan Griffin. Instead of Hardman though,
0: would you have really done that?
1: Yeah. mm, Nah, but the one that I did, I actually had him in the lineup and changed it a couple of times was Rashad Penny. And If I did go with him, this would have been a real painful one to watch because he started the game and then had the first carry of the game for 18 yards and like, here we go. And then he got injured on that carry. So I would have been absolutely livid if that was the decision that cost me in the end. But yeah. I did enjoy the DFF putting up the song. It's probably the only time I've ever enjoyed the song as ironic as that sounds. He, he was just, he jumped straight on it. He, there could be a countback; You just never know, but he just, he rises hard on his sleeve and just throws the the tunes out there. I, I actually found myself singing a song, believe it or not. It was uh, quite interesting, but, um, it's, speaking, of, well, before, speaking of roster decisions, hey?
0: I was going to say, it's good to see that Darnold was still uh, giving Steph some healthy zeros. I oh, know that's D-Arnold that also gave him a zero. He just can't, oh, can't escape that name, can he?
1: Can't shake it. Um, but speaking of roster decisions, it really shouldn't have been that close, to be honest. Um, Steph leaving CH and Mooney on the bench for 35 points, I think they... They would have made this one uh, quite an easy win had he played them. I'm not sure why he didn't. Um, or or Jalen Waddle
0: on his taxi, maybe. Or 16.6. Yeah. <laughs> the,
1: there's there's the weekly mention. <laughs> Fucking um, hell. But we can't sugarcoat. It. There was a lot at stake in this game. The last place breaking rights, which look to be a one-horse race now, and that ultimately should give Steph the highest chance to secure the number one pick. So 0.64, it, uh, it really hurts.
0: Can I just point out that even when the DFF tries to tank, he's not even good at that.
1: <laughs> mm.
0: <laughs> Tried to lose this game genuinely, and he still couldn't get it I done.
1: Don't, I don't know if I don't know if that's true though, because yeah, there was as, as I said. Well, he want he he needs me to lose so yeah, to, um, to secure that number one pick. So anyway,
0: yeah. All right. Well, we'll move on to. Uh, the Johnny Unitas haircuts taking on the OJ's legal team. The second highest scoring team on the week, the Johnny Unitas haircuts, 148.02 in a very high scoring affair because legal team put up 131.74. So, you know, Manny continues to put up impressive scores and and we all know this because he continues to tell us on the weekly. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But it was a very decent performance for his team, especially when you look across there and, you know, he still had players like Miles Sanders putting up a seven and Hunter Henry putting up a four and a half and, you know, his super flex Marquez Calloway putting up a 9.1, but he had nice uh, additions in uh, Mark Andrews played well, Tyreek Hill had another great, Jefferson, bloody hell, what a game he had, 169s and two tutties. Uh, is nothing to sneeze at. And then Benny Roth just turning back the time and throwing three mm. touchdowns. Um, and Deontay Johnson as well. He's been a bit disappointing, I would say, for anyone who owns stock in him because of the expected breakout he was going to have. So uh, a very nice game well, out it's,
1: of him. it's interesting you say that, though. He's still wide receiver 19 on the year. So it, yeah, it really just speaks to that wide receiver room. Um, how strong it is. Uh, Tyreek's on to number two on the year. Jefferson's number five. Um, and then you've got Mark Andrews as a number two tight end. So no wonder he's putting up solid scores a week. He's, he's got top five in three players there. Yep. Um, so if he gets, if he gets yeah. some relatively good scores out of his QBs, um, he can put up these sort of scores on the weekly, which is an interesting so position if he, considering. If he had a kept his-
0: Burrow and Wilson. What his well, team would right. look like.
1: That's that's the interesting part because um, we just never know where he's where he's at. One week he's tanking and throwing out how good his draft picks are, and the next week he's talking about how good his scoring is. It's just but- it's hard to keep up with Camo. Uh, Camo with-, <laughs> with the amount of trading, I've got, I've, I've got a I've got a note here with Camo. Uh, circled and I was just looking at it. He's Sorry, on, your, he's on your
0: mind, mate. He got to you with that stat, He's always he? um, always on my mind. But it's a serious question about Manny's team. Like if he had Wilson and Burrow still there with every other piece that he's got, he would be a pretty scary prospect going into the playoffs. Uh, you'd think mm. that he would be a chance to make playoffs with a team like that. Um, you know, and then having someone like Roethlisberger on your bench as your third QB is not a bad situation. Um,
1: Yeah. Well, we'll we'll get to Russell Wilson in some notes later, but I'm not sure he would have helped him too much over the last five, six weeks.
0: That's true. Just quickly on Jake's side, I know he went down by 17 points but still put up a healthy 131. Um, His drafting from the rookie draft is playing out very nicely. He's got Najee Harris, which he traded in for, scored a 14, Eli Moore, 25, Pat Fryermuth, not Pratt, 11, Um, and I think Ebron went down with an injury, so he's looking to get more targets there so very nice drafting from Jake mm. after winning the season there and then obviously bringing in Mike Williams who's having an unbelievable season too so that's
1: that's actually really interesting points there because Jake didn't have a high pick did he it was seven or something with that trade with Keeney um, so started the draft started the draft in the second half of the first round and then nailed his two second round picks
0: no he would have um, been late in the first round he got he got Najee Harris after the draft by getting rid of Calvin Ridley.
1: Well, there you go. So, so he can do some damage, is Absolutely. Uh, the point. Absolutely. Um, you don't have to have the top picks to do some damage there. So very good drafting, as you said. Um, shall we move on to the well, let's not so game of the week? Yeah. Um, this was the brotherly yes, sir. love warfare. Um which didn't Matt just set up very nicely with some staggering comments about the childhood. I wonder if that played a part in this. But uh, the straight cash homies, is 92.02, defeated the Prestige Worldwide 81.2. This is this Putri. is like a Sonny Weaver Jr. sort of head-to-head. So very, uh, very much failed to live up to the hype. Um, but what, what we have to talk about again is this the year of the Timos. This is back-to-back weeks he has copped the lowest score of the year for his opponents. He had Keeney last week and Matt this week. Uh, being two of the top-scoring teams in the whole league, uh, we talked about getting the wins against the low scores, and here he adds another one to the list. Both teams underperformed massively, and but it was the homies who prevailed, perhaps motivated by the airing of some Jermichael hasty childhood thoughts by the prestige worldwide last week. Do it. Do we remember what they were? Something about drowning and he said he could have, could
0: have drowned him as a kid or something along those lines. soon
1: yeah, it's really horrible to hear. But uh, anyway, Timos has used that as motivation. I think uh, there and there may be some further insult to injury here for the prestige with the power rankings coming up very very soon.
0: Well, you foreshadowed that, but before we do, quickly jump in. That is, you know, for a, two teams that are vying for. Uh, the th- what would be the fourth seed really? One of these two teams is going to take it out. That is a pretty poor showing from both of them. I don't think they'll be impressed with that scoreline. So we'll have to see if they can turn it round this week. But let's move on to the power rankings. That's the power of That's the power of and the power rankings this week are not going to be the thoughts of the league. This is pretty much because this is a short turnaround uh, podcast. We are just going off basically the Sleeper uh, power rankings. So really, all we're doing is taking something that all of you could read and we're reading it for you. So uh, enjoy. (laughs) We can read you a story as well if you want. Uh, (laughs) But we'll start with the 12th spot, which is, I actually think doing this, I was looking at it and I reckon we would have had very similar power rankings. Um, Not a lot changed really from what we already had to what Sleeper put out there. So 12th spot there at 1 and 10, the Humdingers. The 11th spot at 3-8 is the DFF. 10th spot at also 3-8, the Bayside Executioners. The 9th spot is just coming off a win, the Gym City Stallions sitting at a 4-7 record. 8th spot there, Johnny Unitas Haircuts Haircuts (laughs) (laughs) from New Zealand. Uh, The Haircuts coming off a massive win at 5-6. They're sitting at the 8th spot and rounding off the bottom half. They are in the bottom half. I'm sorry to say, Pappas Punishers. Sitting at five and six, is not going to get you in that top half.
1: No, it is not. And that was some choice reading, bro. The <laughs> top six here, this, as Ben would call them, the San Diego Demons at six and five. Uh, just representing the Sunny Weaver Junior Division in the top six there. I love it. And uh, OJ's legal team at five at six and five. Uh, no change there, but here's where the only changes happen, and it came from the head to head, the brotherly love. Uh, the prestige worldwide drops to number four at seven and four, and the straight cash homies are up to eight and three. What, what is the straight cash homies win streak here? Five, five. Five. in a row. He was three and three and looking little dire um, with CMC out back then. And yeah, he's just managed to scrape a few wins in and just ripping have a out look at him massive out.
0: scores like 90, 91. <laughs> And getting yeah. some wins.
1: Um Oh well, you need those wins to get there. So uh the Puxy lines at number two and the Grass at number one—they uh, are unchanged. they The uh unanimous one and two on the season. Ben, you'd be happy to hear. Oh, well,
0: well, I said with all due respect, no, that doesn't mean you get to say whatever you want to
1: say to me. Sure, sure as heck does. No, no, it doesn't it's mean the that. Geneva Convention. The Look f- it
0: up. And the week twelve previews are brought to us by. The Jason Garrett Clinic, everything can be solved with the clap. So thanks to Jason Garrett and his clinic there. Got a bit more time on his hands, uh, Jason Garrett, at the moment, doesn't he?
1: Might have a a whole lot more than time on his hands with the clap. But uh, (laughs) did you just drop another little uh, sneaky change-up? I may have. Did I hear that? Done a
0: little change-up there, just to keep you on your toes. Hey, sneaky you devil. Sneaky devil. <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll kick it off with the Park City Lions at 8 and 3, taking on the legal team that we were speaking about at 6 and 5, and all I can say to this is, fuck Thanksgiving right off. Fuck this stupid <laughs> format of having three games on a Friday here, one starting at 4.30 in the morning, one starting at 8.30, one starting at 12. Fuck that right off. I'm... I'm furious. I'm, I'm sensing you're angry. What? Why? Why is that? Oh, I may have left Mark Ingram in my fucking lineup, and he was a laid out, and didn't fucking change it. So I'm pissed off about that. I've wake up to Lamar being out last week, and now I've got Mark Ingram as an out this week. Just to That's
1: two two weeks in a row. Some uh, roster <coughs> malpractice. But- yep. Well, what, what did you expect? You can't get up by 5 a.m. You're not going to get up by 4.30. So No, this wasn't even and the 4.30 that match. That's the ridiculous
0: thing. thing. This was the 12.30 match. This was the late game. And that's what's even more frustrating is that I went, you know what? I've got plenty of time to hear the news, make the change. And I'm sitting there at work going, I haven't heard anything yet. I might make the change now just in case. And then like everything, you get fucking busy. And uh, time gets away from you. And then next thing you know, I was genuinely... In the middle of a conversation with one of my students, I said, Hang on a second. And I pulled my phone out and checked my lineup, which, well, if anyone that I work with is listening to that, um, yeah, please, please don't report me.
1: Well, I will take the opportunity because, um, you know, it's fair to say Timos gets some. Uh, cop some slack for lack of organization. But he obviously saw the news because he's he's rolled Tony Jones into the starting role while you roll Mark Ingram in. So yeah. Timos would be saying a bit of cop that, Benny. He uh, might be saying be more cop organized. that.
0: That's true. But it actually didn't prove to be too different for the two of us who one forgot to put someone in and one put someone in because I think Tony Jones had less than two. What did he have? 2.7. So not a huge difference between Tony Jones. Montgomery ended up getting... Uh, More of the work. I mean, he got 16 carries, Jones, but for 27 yards. So it was a very tough defense, and that Saints offense looks out of sorts without uh, Kamara out there. But anyway, we'll move on. Uh, At least Hawkinson, you know, even with uh, some shitty QB play that he's got to overcome, he got a touchdown and saved that one. So he looked okay. But Jake, on the other hand, he's gone with Derek Carr, who's put up a very nice 373 yards, a touchdown. Zeke's had a touchdown and he's even started two Cowboy running backs and got an 8.8 out of Pollard as well. So currently as it stands, we're sitting uh, with a 55% chance to the legal team according to the Jason Garrett Clinic. Everything can be solved with the clap. Um, Yeah, and we'll have to wait and see if the rest of my team can bail me out for another fucking stupid zero.
1: Mm. And what about – there's a bit of stake here in this one.
0: There is, um, yeah. If, uh, in terms if, of the division. If Jake gets this match, he pegs back the division title race and I think he'll be down by one game going with two games to go. Mm, so, juicy. a lot on the line here. Um, but we'll move on to uh, another game with a lot on the line, even though Maddie Mack, if he had a one last week, this would have been even juicier. Um, but, yeah, the 10-1 and one Grouse taking on the 7-4 and four Prestige Worldwide, but... Uh Maddie Mack has he started pretty strong this uh with the early slate game. So Ducks come back and scored a twenty-five. Um Josh Allen scored a twenty-six and said, take that old tassels Keeny. Uh, you know, this is a massive showdown here, but then the, the big news is the Waller injury, unfortunately, for for what Matty Mack here. I didn't see it. I am just trying to read about. It. I saw the thing come through. Um,
1: it's a back injury, but he was he was pretty quickly dressed and not coming back.
0: Suffered so, a bone bruise on his knee in the first half, is what it's come through.
1: Yep, that's so there you go. Close to the back.
0: That's pretty close to your back, I reckon. <laughs> Somewhere the in that vicinity, medical, isn't it? Professional. Hopefully, yeah, uh, hopefully you're not doing too many back surgeries or well, not involved in no. too many back surgeries, there, Hod. Just mucking around nope, near the knee. Um, but, yeah, so solid outings from the other two. But, yeah, that's got to be a disappointing one for Thais. And don't know what the status will be. I'm sure he'll be watching that with Waller pretty closely. But in saying this, the projections still show a healthy lead for the Grouse. So even with um, that solid start from Matt. Massive, I think, what is the Jason Garrett Clinic has this at 81% to the Grouse still, even yeah, after that start. twenty.
1: 23 points, the difference.
0: Crazy. Um, so, yeah, the Grouse, who will be keen to see if Russ can bounce back from his old lacklustre return from injury uh, for the last two weeks and paid the ultimate cost, need to see some return on investment. Absolutely. And I think, what was it last week? A... Yeah, 5.6 and an 8.4, but he's coming up against Washington, which is a very nice matchup for Russ. So I reckon this could be where he rips out a a 20-ish, 25.
1: I think, uh, yeah, absolutely. I think he needs to. Um, He's got actually a few nice matchups coming up here. So Washington, San Fran and Houston, the next three, um, they all can be passed on. So Before we move um, on, let's
0: let's, uh, ask Keeney, is he? What does he think about the prospect of how Jason Garrett's clinic has him winning here? Oh boy! Yeah, no, he's excited.
1: Jesus. Wow, it's uh, Keeney's, uh Keeney's very camo-like today. Just, just throwing in the little one-liners that he's very well known for. Yes, sir. Uh, okay, <laughs> and we'll move on to the Gym City Stallions here at four and seven, taking on. The Dynasty Football Factory. Is that what it is? I can't remember. It's it's just such a strong little acronym there, the DFF. I don't, DFF, I don't they, even remember what it they stands speak for. speak
0: that much shit that it's probably fair enough that you don't know what it stands for.
1: That's right. Um, at three and eight. So, Jim, uh, sorry, uh, Steph's had a nice start here with Mooney. So, he's he's seen what happened last week. He left Mooney on the bench for a 20. Um, he's earned the right and he's jumped in for another solid game here. I think he scored 15 or something off the back of 128 yards. But unfortunately, Swifty uh, left the game with a shoulder injury and left our punters club in disarray at the same time. And wouldn't this be something if the DFF wins these two uh, wins here? These two teams would be level at four and eight on the year. So perhaps the DFF is in fact building bro before our eyes, ladies and gentlemen. Um, but yeah, pretty big one there. I, I think these two, it's fair to say, don't like each other, um, have had a fierce rivalry over the years, and it's nice to see them going head-to-head head in the division to finish out the year. Absolutely. Uh, any I- any comments on that before I move on, Ben?
0: I was, like you just said, I think these two are, are hot on the chat when it comes to... Uh, taking fire, taking aim and firing at the other team. I just wanted to point out, Jim would be happy. We mentioned how disappointed he's been with Josh Jacobs on the season. He had a very nice game today. 22 carries. absolutely uh, 87 yards, a touchdown, and got involved in that passing game again. Uh, and Hunter Renfro, what a season this bloke's having. Not only uh, is he winning the award for the oldest-looking 25-year-old in the NFL, but uh, <laughs> sitting just outside of being a wide receiver too, and he put up 134 yards off nine targets. So that's that's a solid game um, from that
1: bloke. I am very much still waiting. I, I think this wit is beyond the DFF, but I'm still waiting every week for the nickname for Hunter Renfro to come through as Digby Morrell, as the oldest, youngest man in the history of <laughs> professional sports. Uh, he needs to change that name ASAP. Uh, but he has started pretty strongly, as you mentioned. Um, but it's according to... Uh, Jason Garrett and the clap clinic. Uh, We've got a 91% edge to Jim still, um, still projected to score 25 more points despite the strong start um, from the DFF. But I I suppose Jim has started as good as you can ask for, especially with a uh, superior score to the 15 uh, cap that he likes to put on Josh Jacobs. So Mm -hmm. he'll be very happy with that. Um, but we'll move on here to the San Diego Demons uh, up against the Hum Dingers. Uh, this, what looks like to be a bit lopsided before the week. Well, you don't like Thanksgiving there, Ben, but I will say happy Thanksgiving for the Dingers because it's been a very solid start here as we've had the Digsy with a 16.9, the Horse, with a 13.1 and the Schultz with a 15.6. So a pretty healthy start there. I can't believe I and missed this
0: sound drop. We've got, Keeney's not here, but when you were talking about one of your blokes having a good game, the horse.
1: Nay. I missed it. Okay. That would have been perfect. We, we must forgive him. I mean, it, there is a bit of a, a, time delay. a delay here with Keeney, but um, thanks for chiming in there, big fella. But, uh <laughs> This, this, we can't understate this. This is two opponents with the, the utmost respect for one another. There is no denying that. It's, it's all peace, love, and war between us two. And, uh, the dingers are, I'll just throw this out there. Now, I, I'm currently projected to score a very healthy and just be relative to who we're talking about here, ladies and gentlemen, a very healthy 121.46. Uh, and the San Diego Demons are a 124.93. So it's, Jason Garrett, uh, we'll thank him again for the Clap Clinic. 42% chance uh, he's giving the dingers. And I'll just remind Kamo that the dingers are 1-0 this year when scoring 100 points or more. So look out here. Uh, we are coming. And it looks like Kareem Hunt is going to return for mm-hmm. the Demons, which is uh, a nice uh, little prize there for him. And the other talking point here is the revenge games. For Robbie Anderson and Hollywood Brown, so we'll uh, we'll see how this one plays out. If they have a good game, obviously the Dingers taught them everything they know, and if they don't, well, that's why we shipped them off. So,
0: do you reckon uh, part of the Robbie Anderson thing is just trying to cancel out a bit of Cam Newton's scoring? Do you reckon there could be a bit of that at play?
1: Um, I think I think Robbie Anderson would be in his starting lineup. Otherwise, it's Nelson Aguilar. Um, yeah, that's really it. So, or Randall Cobb.
0: Uh-huh. Yeah, I suppose you're up.
1: Oh, no. Don't mention him, to or body Well, we can freak. talk
0: about him because Keeney's not on the podcast. So we're allowed to talk about uh, the Cobb. But uh, yeah, I mean, you must be happy with that, the pickup of Matt Breeder. What a masterstroke that was. Oh, He geez, sat on your bench, geez. though. It would have been nice if you played him.
1: Oh, I was very close to playing him but then Manny was so adamant that he was so shit I just I didn't want to give him that joy if he stunk it up. Well, against had, what is a very uh stout uh run d from the Saints but he had a very nice game and off 11 touches to have, as
0: well. That's all. <laughs> well he's
1: always been he's always been a very efficient uh, crazy player with the touches, um, obviously can hit a home run at any time, but it's nice to see him getting some looks in. And he's, it looks to be the report was that he's moved Zach Moss to the pine. He's not Ooh. getting a gig, healthy scratch. Yep. So here yeah.
0: we are. There you go. No good for Timos there. We'll move on uh, to the Johnny United haircuts five and six, taking on the Bayside executioners, three and eight, uh, who've already had a few players uh, get involved on this Thanksgiving parade. But the clap right now clinic, the clap clinic, as it should say, uh, it's giving 68% chance to the executioners here. So, very, very large. And I reckon that's on the back of uh, Camo and uh, – not Camo. Guys, I've called Manny Camo like you did earlier. There you go. I don't know what we're saying here, Manny. Uh, Marquez Calloway only putting up a 3.4 off – Four targets, so not a very good return for him. In fact, the Saints, I haven't seen the game, but just looking at the stat line there, looked like they struggled mightily today. Uh, So not a good return. And on the other side of it, Monty got plenty of work this morning, um, but just didn't turn that into anything too big. He had 17 carries for 46 yards, three targets for 28, no touchdowns there. Uh, But Dawson Knox, I mean, a lot of people knocked the trade that involved Dawson Knox and thought that that was a bit of a throw-in, but... The bloke uh, put up an 18 today, looked nice. Three targets for three catches and two touchdowns is always very nice if off very few targets, two of them are going to be touchdowns. So, And then Trevor Simeon, just a bit back down to earth. Um, for him, he put up a nice score last week, but, you know, looked like he struggled today, 163 yards, a pick and a touchdown. Um, but, yeah, just having a look here at both teams, I think um, Manny has got pretty lucky with Devonta Freeman really just taking that that number one role there in uh Baltimore he's looking pretty decent it looks like he could be another good start this week uh at the moment scoot's got a j Dillon, but there's talk that um that Aaron Jones could be back this week so we'll have to watch how that might impact there but yeah really? he, yeah i know he's he's off i r or no He's off the out status and he's he's up for a chance to return. So Did they uh, not put him on IR, though? No, they didn't. Um, oh, I'll double check That's very this, encouraging. But,
1: but yeah. No, so, you keep going. I'll check that.
0: Um, yeah, which is pretty nice. I, I think that he won't play. I think that's too quick a turnaround. So, AJ Dillon is, is a pretty good lock there. But it is against the Rams, which isn't a nice matchup. But then you've got uh, DJ Moore, which... Uh, one person of this league doesn't rate very highly with a very juicy matchup there. Uh, he's currently still got Kenny Gulladay sitting in his lineup too. So I would have thought that out of frustration, he would have just benched him. But unfortunately, his other options with Robinson and Parker and a few out aren't looking too great as a replacement. So I think he's got to just have to clinch his teeth and, and roll with it, unfortunately.
1: mm. Now, speaking of clenching teeth, Papa's well known for that. And he's uh, on the four on the trot. He's lost here. Uh, and obviously coming up against the homies who have won five in a row. So
0: they get the flames. One, you get the flames for five in a row. What do you get for four losses in a row? Just some flies mm. buzzing around, something like that.
1: Yeah, probably some uh, meditation clinic vouchers or something along those lines. Just, you know, that, that's how he copes with it all these days. So not sure how it's going for him. We'll see if he changes tack very soon. Uh, but, yes, this is, this is where their betting agencies would have a very, very short odds for the homies. Uh, in saying that, though, uh, we'll thank for the last time uh, Jason Garrett, for his clinic and everything can be solved with the clap. Uh, This is actually closer than Timos would like uh, after he's rolled out chompers for a 2.7. Got a pretty good score from Cedric Wilson, a 13.9. This is a common little theme here. Timos is just plugging in these players and they're showing up for him. Um, But, yeah, 16.6 with the two players, but it's got him now pegged at 129. Uh, and Pappa's still projected to score one thirty-one, so uh, a slight edge to Papa, But as you said, there are a lot of questionables here. Saquon questionable, Tony Ooh. questionable. Um, did I, did I um, hear a Jones. certain
0: a certain name there? Who, who yeah, was questionable?
1: You did
0: actually. Saquon. Saquon, watch—he's coming back. He's sitting there. I've just had a quick look. Uh, he's sitting at the running back 44 on the season right now with a few weeks mm. still up his sleeve. Uh, had a limited return. He's sitting on 66 points. Well, he's got a bit of chasing to go if he wants to hit the top, was it top five? Is that what we had him? Yeah, it was the bet very for? high. I mean, is uh, not here to confirm, but... Uh, he's currently, if we want to sort of see how far off the chase, he's on 66 points right now. He's 102 points off getting into that top five. So he's got to outscore blokes like Najee Harris and Joe Mixon. Also pretty amazing that Derrick Henry is sitting third still <laughs> on the running back list. That's,
1: That's pretty crazy. Incredible
0: um, for three well, weeks. I will up. get your
1: comments on, Ben, is uh, I did manage to get Uh, a little bit of the Tampa game last week. I didn't realize that was actually Saquon's first game back, Mm -hmm. Uh, but he looked slow and that's the first time I've ever really noticed um, any, because he's such an explosive player in the past. He was, uh, yeah, really just moping around there. So, uh, that makes a bit more sense, though, that it was, it was his first game back. But um, are you concerned there at all that um, the injuries could take a toll on Saquon at some point?
0: I Yeah, look, our offensive line has not been good since he's come into the league. So I think for a bloke like him, if he actually had time and space on top of his talents, then he'd be bloody frightening to watch. I think where he got by with a poor offensive line is – that he could make explosive cuts and he did have that sort of quick twitch speed. You take that away from a bloke and put him behind a poor offensive line and I think you, you get what you've currently got with him. So I think for me, I'd just be happy to see him and I know this is not what Papa would want to hear, just see him get through the rest of the season unscathed, whether it's a poor mm. stat line. I think there's a bit of confidence that needs to be built back up in his legs as well. Um, Absolutely. And then just address that offensive line in the off season because I think we're kind of stuck with Daniel Jones for another year. I reckon he's got one more year left on his contract and I just think we're in an awkward spot to potentially looking at replace him now. So,
1: yeah, I reckon Mm, that... That's that's one to watch for sure because there are already the rumours after last week's performance that it is time to move on. So... It will be interesting to see how that plays out. And I'm sure Saquon will get his legs back under him. Um, It was just, yeah, it was just an observation. It was that eye test and it was not something that I was used to seeing with him Mm. uh, at all. So hopefully for Papa, he gets up this week and can add to what looks like a nice matchup against the Eagles. Um, So yeah, a lot of questionable tags for Papa, uh, pretty much his whole starting lineup. (laughs) Um, And Timos doesn't have too many there to worry about. So...
0: Yeah, well, uh, yeah, he's currently got Aaron Jones sitting in his starting lineup. Um, so yeah, we'll have to wait and see. So what's it got here? Jones logged some activity on the practice field in back-to-back sessions. So mm. there is a chance he's, that he could play.
1: He's got some backup there. He can roll Latavius Murray in or Naheem Hines. Um, if we're down against the Bucks, he could have a role there. So he'll uh, just watch that one closely and. Um, yeah, plug and play. Make sure he gets up for the games. Absolutely, Isn't that Benny?
0: That's right. These these are his questionable tags at the moment. Saquon Barkley, Kadarius Tony, uh, who is that? Jonu Smith, uh, Aaron Jones and Sterling Shepard all in his starting lineup currently with questionable tags. So, I'm sure there's going to be plenty of headaches for him over the next few days just watching that. Mm. And there we go. Uh No Keeney, no worries, as the old saying goes. Uh, I think we've delivered a pretty nice, informative podcast there on very short turnaround time and trying to sort of rush through this, but Keeney, how do you think we went?
1: Jeepers.
0: Okay, not very impressed. (laughs) He's a man of very few words today. Um, Yes, sir.
1: But... He's he's been busy.
0: As we said, well, a few games in the books which has made some of those Jason Garrett Clinic projections look very interesting and intriguing. I think we've got a very intriguing week coming up and one with plenty at stake regardless of the division that you're in. Um, Starting zeros definitely makes things more interesting as I'm finding out. So hopefully that doesn't come back to bite me in the ass and hopefully, uh, Hod, you don't have a narrow decimal loss on your hands again against one of your arch rivals
1: no I'm sick of the decimals Benny that's for sure um, but yeah it's uh, I'm, I'm actually sad to see the Eliminator go I really enjoyed that this year to, even if even though I was out last week it just it gives a vested interest in uh, more games than what we normally would outside of our own so I will very much be looking forward to that coming back next year and um, let's just hope for everyone's sake that This is the last we ever see of Jason Garrett because I don't really want to pop into that clinic at all, Ben, if you know what I mean. (laughs) I do not want to be having a summer drop in to see Jason Garrett at all, but a short and sharp session was a pleasure, Benny. Uh, Podcast over and out.